Sup, Thrill Seekers? I'm Dev. And I'm Dev. You're... Okay, he's only saying that because it's a national holiday week. Dev's birthday. Dev's happy birthday to you. Okay, and then make him to stop. to press Mass hysteria is rolling. <laughs> Um, welcome or welcome back. I hope you enjoyed a little glimpse into why I don't go to karaoke with Connor. Um, <laughs> but because she knows she'd lose. Exactly. Something like that. Um, but no, in all seriousness, we're recording a couple episodes because I will have been skiing by the time this is posted and I've only skied once in my life. So Tell will I come back was. with an injured femur? We'll find out. No, this is how you manifest. Tell um, us now that you had a great trip. Yeah, it was great. I did a backflip um, <laughs> on the plane like before I even hit Colorado. Um, no. So I'm excited, but a little nervous uh, because your girl can figure skate, but I can't really. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what, what happens. Um. So my case, uh, oh, actually, sorry, how could I forget? We need to start with our mass hysterical. Um, again, if you're new here, uh, first of all, why are you starting our last episode? But second of all, <laughs> um, we like to start our show with a little lighthearted uh, story, joke, etc. just because a lot of the material we do cover is heavier. And to be honest, Connor and I basically only talk to each other during the week, um, I see Connor more often than my family members, than more often than my boyfriend this week. Oopsie. So, um, yeah, we, you know, we Sorry, never get squillium. we never get tired of uh, telling each other stupid things we've done. So, if you could we use laugh a smile, at our own jokes. we if do. You want to laugh too? That's great. And if you don't, don't tell us. Um, but no, we figured you know everyone can use a little lighthearted story in their week before we talk about obviously a case and give our full serious attention. So, my mass hysterical of the week. Um, I found a new hobby, so <laughs> my boyfriend has an Alexa. I Alexa. Do, I don't have the personality of someone that would have an Alexa or a Siri because I'm not organized. I don't have any routine in my life. You don't have any goals. I have no goals. <laughs> you have no life. Um, I have no interest in being reminded to put on underwear. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I have no interest in being told when to go to bed. I'm an adult. <laughs> uh, so anyway... In fact, a little glimpse into my character flaws or mm, no, positive, traits. positive traits. Um, but yeah, so my boyfriend has a an Alexa. He also has a routine where he like doesn't eat lunch or breakfast, and then he eats like huge dinners and like snack after dinner. And he's um, still skinny. I don't understand people that don't eat breakfast. I'm sorry if you're listening. I wake up like. <laughs> like a rabid ravenous bear um <laughs> like give me my cornflakes no uh but yeah so he eats a lot at night anyway this is relevant to the story because he went into the kitchen of the apartment to start making himself more food and guess who was left alone with alexa dev dog so i just dis- i discovered that alexa if you're saying discovered and you're rolling your eyes um this is not surprising i just learned how to work in apple tv technology not my friend um connor <laughs> geography not his friend um, <laughs> david had a brick phone most of the way through college and she didn't graduate college that long ago i yeah i think until junior year actually junior year of the spring i got that a, was like 2016 iPhone. yeah um 
gotta love the envy too anyway so don't not really good with technology but then discovered that alexa has a feature you can set a reminder (laughs) (laughs) so he like leaves to go make his quesadilla or whatever he was making and he can't hear me speaking to alexa telling alexa my deepest darkest secrets so i'm like alexa set a reminder um and you know she like turns on and perks up i'm like set an alarm for nine o'clock remind her to wash my butt crack (laughs) so um you might be like oh wow this is potty humor absolutely it is but it never ceases to be funny so he comes back and he's like that's weird alexa's like flashing that i have a reminder i don't think i said a reminder and i'm like huh that's weird maybe you like have to pay your credit card or something oh he's like oh yeah yeah so i'm like you should listen to what she says so he's like alexa read my reminder and alexa's like 9 a.m wash your butt crack (laughs) (laughs) never gets old also i haven't stopped like because he can't hear me when i'm alone with alexa we're having our private time um (laughs) so alexa and i've set uh reminders to buy 12 boxes of tampons (laughs) (laughs) um it goes on and on so anyway if you are like having a rough week and someone in your life has an alexa just leave them a little cheeky reminder. No pun intended. Just a little gift for later. Um, yeah, so that's also a little glimpse into uh, what a pain in the ass I am. Okay, so <laughs> without further ado, uh, we are back to the NHDOJ. Red in the... N-H-D-O-J. Red in the NHDOJ. Uh, no, 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 no. Rewind. Red to the tune of like Snoop Dogg. D-O-double-G. N-H-D-O-J. Oh, yeah, exactly. I like it. Super Bowl uh, throwback. Um, so... The like Connor kind of mentioned in the last episode, basically the New Hampshire Department of Justice has laid out all these cold cases and they even have like cold cases that are suspicious deaths, homicides, etc. And so um, as we start to tease what we're doing with our new series that's coming soon, again, check out our Instagram, check out the bio notes of this episode because we're going to we we will link the article that we uh, have with Joe Turner on his website. Check out his book that has officially been announced to be released. Um, a lot of exciting stuff. But the reason why we're doing cold cases is because this will come up in our series. And if you want to know a sneak peek, and Connor, we can we can all agree that sometimes I might be described as someone that exaggerates. I know. Wild. No, never, <laughs> never actually. But um, please corroborate the fact that I'm not exaggerating when I say that this series will actually blow your mind. This series is hot, it, hot. Anyway, no, we are, we're really fortunate to work closely with a good friend. Um, we wish we could work faster, but we are putting all of our time into this and we really think it'll be something that everyone will not only be interested in, but hopefully like if enough people learn more about it and, and provide like missing pieces in this puzzle like the whole thing could eventually i think be solved like i honestly believe that i'm not just saying that because we're talking about it like i think everything is there it just needs to be put together in the right yeah, order no, absolutely. so it's gonna be exciting but that's why we're sticking to the theme of um cold cases so without further ado we are in the 80s connor's decade um love it oh i wish you told me i, I would wear my glitter leggings yeah such a shame um <laughs> unicorn dreams hashtag unicorn dreams oh geez yeah if anyone wants to like rent a friend for a day connor's available (laughs) i'm Uh, always available (laughs) so for free probably probably for free um on july 20th 1987 judith whitney was reported missing to the amherst police department in amherst massachusetts so you might be thinking oh i thought this was new hampshire um again 
New England uh, borders, you can be in like three different states in 20 minutes. So this involves Massachusetts, New Hampshire, Rhode Island as well, I believe. I don't think there's another state. So we love to cover. We do. Cover some ground. We're covering our territory. (laughs) Um, So Judith was reported missing July 20th. Um, She was last seen in Keene, New Hampshire, which... It's known for, it used to have a pumpkin festival. Do yeah, I don't think they do it anymore after like the... I think there was like a riot There was a or riot, something. yeah. But pumpkin festival was fun. That's all I know about Keene. Obviously, um, Keene State is there too. a party state. A that party is, school. Yep. That is true. Um, so she was last seen in Keene and on November 8th, okay, so she was missing July 20th, November 8th, her body was discovered by a hunter in like a very uh, shallow grave. Okay. So Edward uh, Mayrand, he was the initial suspect because he had her car and her handgun. But, okay, that makes you a pretty good suspect. Yeah, apparently. And and we uh, we like covering cases where we can talk about, like, all of the cool, awesome things that people do to get cases solved, the way they, like, connect puzzle pieces of different evidence, etc. But I, I, this piece I don't understand. How is that enough, not enough evidence, excuse me, to arrest someone for a homicide? They have your gun yeah, and your car. Seems... I'm just a little, I, I, it's obviously like nothing to do with the police department. It's just a legal loophole. I just don't know why he couldn't be arrested. Right. So in 2010, the Worcester District Attorney's Office decided to uh, like reopen the investigation. Okay. So this is a, a brief summary. We're going to start from the beginning, 1987. So, you know, it's not uncommon for investigators to first look at the husband. So Judith was, um, estranged from her husband warren whitney um and he told the police department like she's missing she's my estranged wife um but like i haven't seen her recently because you know they're not together judith met um edward his name's ed uh mayrand at an aa meeting and they became like pretty close pretty close friends okay but she was at an aa meeting in in Keene, new hampshire uh she no near amherst okay amherst Mass. i just gotcha. yeah um but I, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to become friends with people you're in groups with. Uh, not romantically, they say. Yeah, sorry, that's what I meant. Mm-hmm. They romantic because they're becoming like, yeah, close. By the close, I mean more than friends, right? So they planned to vacation together in 1987, and this violated the terms of his probation. Um, he wasn't allowed to go to New Hampshire because in 1975 he was um, convicted of sexual assault. In New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Great. Love that. Um, so he wasn't, excuse me, in Massachusetts. So he wasn't allowed to leave the state. Okay. So he couldn't cross any state lines. Exactly. So it wasn't New Hampshire specific. It was just any Massachusetts, state Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, don't, this is my unsolicited advice and I'm not trying to sit on my high horse and say that I make great decisions, but don't date someone that has a violent sexual past like that. Just stay Do away from that. Do you think she that. knew? Um, I would imagine, well, I guess maybe not if it didn't, never came up that, like, if he left the state with her, she wouldn't have any reason to believe he didn't have a reason to leave the state. But yeah, yeah. Um, the police write-up, like, all the information I got is directly from the Department of Justice. It kind of sounded like she might have known that, but you're right. She might not have known that at all. So, mm-hmm. obviously, not victim-blaming in the slightest. But if you find out that someone you're dating has a record like it's that. It's just our weekly just PSA. Take care. PSA. Take care of yourselves. We we love everyone too much. Um so Judith and Edward decided to go to this hotel, Valley Green Motel um, in the Keene area. So this was uh, 
Judith was paying for a lot of this vacation, and there's record of her signing in on July 1st and 2nd as a party of two. So she... So we know she's with someone. She's with someone. Um, and local servers and bartenders remembered seeing her um, and remembered seeing her with Ed, like as a couple. Judith also had a very distinct car. She had a brown Ford Mustang. Ooh. Um, and so they could say like, hey, yeah, we, we definitely saw her in her car with another man. Um, this is directly from the uh, Department of Justice write-up on July 3rd. A maid saw Edward Mayrand driving Judith Whitney's car by himself at 9 a.m., throwing a brown shopping bag into a dumpster. End quote. Okay. okay. So that, like, doesn't look great. I don't no, think it was a McDonald's sucks. bag. I think it was a big bag, and he was tossing it into a dumpster. So he told this maid, um, apparently, like, oh, my wife was visiting her relatives. They didn't really like me. I wonder why. He doesn't sound like a catch. So... Um, <laughs> He was like, yeah, her her siblings don't really care for me, so I stayed behind. But his hair was wet, and he looked like he had recently changed his clothes. So the maid is kind of looking at him like, okay, buddy, whatever you say. Yeah, it's 9 a.m., but also like, why are you telling me all this information? I'm a maid. Like, I don't don't need this. Like, I don't care. Yeah. Kind of sus. Yeah. So what do hotel maids usually do? What are some of their job responsibilities? Well, one of them is going into... Sure. Rooms right. and cleaning up after guests leave, right? So she went into the room that Judith had rented. So this with, is the day he was checking out. He wasn't. They didn't check out yet. So he's still oh, he's just like, okay. oh, she's coming back. She's going to go see her relatives. They don't like me. Again, not a catch. Um, <laughs> and can you imagine the maid's probably like, yeah, I wonder why they don't like you. Right. Weirdo. Um, but yeah, so she, he, they hadn't checked out yet. But her uh, job that day was she was clean assigned to his room, area. Yeah. Go yeah. in and clean his room, right? So she goes in to change the bedding and she's like, huh, that's really weird. It doesn't look like anyone has been in here or, or let, like let alone slept in here, but weird. like been in here at all. Um, and another staff worker recalled getting a phone call from a quote unquote Mr. Whitney. His last name is Edward Mayrand. Whitney is Jess, uh, Jess, excuse me, Judith's um, name saying that on July 3rd, uh, a couple like he was out with his wife and their car broke down and they were having trouble getting it fixed so he needed to keep the room because all their clothes were there but he's not going to be showing up tonight probably the hotel guy's like okay dude like that's cool like yeah. whatever right so he, he's like kind of cover trying to cover his tracks with like these stories but they're relatively unsolicited right um which i feel like he's almost providing more suspicion too much information yeah. um so ironically, they never checked out. So he like called, you know, hey, our clothes are in there. That's why we're not leaving. But then he never came back to check out. And he left behind multiple bags. Nobody ever came back to the room. Um, and one of the bags had clothes and or a bunch of the bags had clothes. But there's also car keys. Um, and her, Judith was known to carry like a, a, a gun, a 22 caliber gun, and also have like a stereo boom box with her. And they were nowhere to be found. Meanwhile... So no one's seen her since the second. Um, Eddie's like Eddie. I called him Eddie because I was like this. I don't know. For some reason, I we gave, him a, gave him a nickname. He doesn't deserve a nickname. Ed is driving his car around this car around all of July. Again, she has a distinct car. I know that I 
was not alive in 1987, but I feel like a brown Mustang, like that must have been kind of distinct. It seems to sound distinct to me, right? but I mean, or again, I we weren't not. alive. Maybe we're making this up, but we to probably, us it's distinct. I think the Mustang part, not necessarily, but the brown color, I feel like, I don't know. But Well, no, but even a Mustang, I don't know about back then, but like today, not everyone drives a Mustang, like, you know. That's they're true. a little more expensive. They're kind of sports cars. Usually when I see one, I'm like, oh, look, it's a Mustang. I just, I do make note of them, you know, because you don't see them everywhere. That's because we're both jealous because we drive compact cars. We oh. would like a Mustang. <laughs> if anyone um, is looking to donate, um, Our, um, we can give you an address to bio. drop the Mustang off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, she, so Ed's like driving this car around everywhere. On July tw- uh, 20th, so again. Okay, so like two weeks later. Over two weeks later, her Mustang is just found... Um, abandoned in fitzwilliam new hampshire there's no sign of her gun or the boom box but there is a bullet receipt left in the car okay this if you're already like infuriated at ed just 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 hang on okay wait a bullet receipt a receipt for someone that bought like um, ammunition like, like 300 rounds of ammunition yes holy bad word <laughs> um so in august of 1987 may rand was arrested for being a fugitive I'm I'm sorry. He just like he he doesn't think you'll you'll start to see what I'm talking about. So he's arrested for being a fugitive. He's found um, hiding in a closet. Okay. Um, and so a search of his apartment revealed that he was carrying um, her handgun in his bag along with 252 rounds of ammunition. And he okay. also recently had shaved his beard. Which you're like, oh, well, why does it matter? Well, he's changing his appearance. He's right. trying to not like... Look yeah, and he's he hiding. Ago. Yeah. Um, so if you were wrong for a second... Back Where was his apartment? In- um, he was in Massachusetts. Okay, so probably near Amherst, Western yeah. Mass, somewhere. Um, so if you rewind uh, back to July, on July 3rd, Deirdre, uh, Gladu, and Sylvia Taylor, they were friends, they were hanging out in um, the Keene area as well, and they meet Ed at a bar. He gave Deirdre this necklace, um, and he's like, oh, I, you know, my wife, my ex-wife had all these valuables that I got from her uh, in part of the divorce settlement, and I just really like to give them away to other people. That's so weird. That's so weird, like, right? If, even if that story was true, even that's if someone, still weird. Even if you know someone and they give you their, like, ex-partner's antique jewelry, this is where you do a simple thing. You turn on your heel and you walk the F away. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Um, but, you know, I guess maybe she's just like, oh, this is a sad man. I don't know. Maybe she pitied him. Maybe she was really nice. Maybe it was nice jewelry. Ladies, you don't always have to be nice to someone who you feel bad for. It applies to men as well, but I'm just thinking like... Dear we're Trish talking probably to the ladies like, here. Yeah, we're talking to the ladies for a second. Um, so she's like, okay, cool. And she takes the necklace. And I guess like she kind of, maybe she felt bad for him. Maybe she did like him a little. Um, if he was talking to... If he got multiple women to want to spend time with him, maybe he was a little bit charismatic, but um, he doesn't seem to... Have you seen pictures of him? Yeah, he looks like... uh, If you picture a man with like a thick mustache, that's what he looks like. Like attractive, ugly, Um, kind of okay looking? I'm going to say nobody's type. Okay. (laughs) Does that answer that? We can leave it there. Um, So, no. I mean, he's he just looks like... Also... He just looks like an ad... He, 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 <laughs> no offense to any Ed listeners. No, I, well, you know, I'm thinking of Ed Kemper, and he kind of looks like Ed Kemper. Okay. Um, but he, they also like put a horrible photo of him, 
uh, if you like search his name. Rightfully so. Up. Rightfully so. Anyway. Okay. Well, you do um, this. I'm going to look at, look him up. What's the name again? Ed. Ed May Rand. So he, uh, Deirdre has a room. So she invites Ed up to her room and they, like he, pro- he stays with her for a little bit. Um, and he kind of drives over to her apartment and he tells her, Deirdre, don't worry. I sent all my other women, women packing. Huh. Um, and he's like, I want to start a nightclub and I want to do it with you and Sylvia. And maybe, I, I mean, I don't know what's going through her head, but maybe she's like, oh, this is a guy that wants to go out and have some fun. We're here on vacation, whatnot. So they went out to dinner and Ed paid because remember, he got a lot of valuables from this divorce settlement, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. quote unquote divorce settlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he showed his the women his boom box. Hmm. Where have mm. we heard that word before? Yeah. Um, and then he left, and the next time uh, he saw them, he didn't have his Mustang anymore. Um, and they were like, oh, Ed, I thought you like had that car that you were using to go place to place. And he's like, no, the water pump broke in it. Okay. Is that? I don't even know what that yes, means. Yes, the water right? pump is a thing, I believe, but I don't know okay. for sure. Um, as you can tell, I'm the mechanic of the friend group. Um, but he's like, the water pump broke in it, so I've been hitchhiking. Okay. Okay. So she's like, okay. He, um, in side note, um, I, I did look him up. He, he is nobody's type. He's no, but that's a, that's it. Like they, they, <laughs> he got what came to him. That they, mugshot is horrific. Yeah. The, <laughs> it's, it's worse than it had to be, but I'm here for it. Uh, this is, this is mean, but it's not attacking his appearance. His mugshot looks like it got washed in the dry in the washing machine. Yeah, you know what? We're gonna um, link this in the episode notes. He's he's not take a, a look, people. He's, he's a horrible, horrible man. So I don't. I, after watching uh, hours of TikToks where women um, discuss the horrific things men do and say, I don't feel that bad for saying that his mugshot is uh, embarrassing, and he rightfully has a, a horrid mugshot. And all mugshots are embarrassing. This that is, is more embarrassing than a regular <laughs> mugshot. Um, so, yeah, his his car, he was out of commission. And he's like, oh, well, I have another present for you. Um, but I don't even have a car. He, I don't... <laughs> I'm hitchhiking, but here, let me give you presents. Um, as you can tell, when Connor gets sarcastic, he, that means he really doesn't like someone. Um, you might be like, Dev, he's always sarcastic with you. Yeah, please. We don't need to unpack that either. Um, <laughs> so Judah's family, like this is, this is why, I, what I don't understand about him. If you give someone money, like assuming the bills have no distinct marking, whatnot, whatever, it's hard, it's hard to trace something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you give someone a distinct necklace or heirloom or valuable that they have, like the family can be like, yeah, that's Connor's ugly hat that he wears every day. We fight a podcast. Exactly. Um, <laughs> we had a discussion today um, about the fact about that the fact I'm that wearing too many hats. Head. I'm starting to look like a bro. Um, <laughs> he joined a fraternity when he went to college. So, <laughs> yeah. So he, he uh, Ed is like giving Deirdre all this stuff. I'm, I'm assuming she might be a little bit overwhelmed at this point, but he's giving her Judith's belongings and they're distinct items that the family can be like, yeah, we recognize that's Judith's. Um, and Sylvia also said that, uh, several weeks later, Ed told both of them like, oh, you know, I went to Maine cause I need to collect money from people about my, um, uh, nightclub business. And this is where I want to say, if you're going to make up a lie, make it believable. He's like, yeah, well, the reason I don't have the Mustang anymore, actually, the water pump was fixed and I was able to drive up to Maine. But when I got to Maine, uh, I was trying to get collect the money that people owed me for my nightclub and all of a sudden out of nowhere there was a shootout and my car was damaged 
Okay. Okay, Ed. I'm sorry. You're like you weren't damaged, just your car. Also, in the same vein, I'm trying Did to they be believable. Shoot all four tires. Yeah. In the same vein, I'm trying to be believable. If you are trying to disperse someone's belongings, maybe don't give them all to the same person. <laughs> I'm um, not recommending murder. He I'm might not be the dumbest criminal I'm we've ever talked saying, about. This is not how to do it. Not how to do it. So he was arrested for being a fugitive um, again, and he told police that he last saw judith on july 2nd in the lounge of the motel he had been drinking and dancing with other women and it it upset her so he's a gas later aren't they in aa too uh yeah <laughs> so um that's lovely uh he said oh yeah she like took a bunch of shots and then she left because she was so mad because i was just i was just flirting with all these women okay first of all it's not believable it's like you're not a ladies man Ed. um but yeah, so he uh, told that to the police and they were like, huh, okay, that doesn't really add up. He never mentioned the car trouble uh, saga that he had relayed to Deirdre and Sylvia. Um, and he never also, like, which is something that they could ask those women and also they can cooperate with the, the hotel staff, right? Right. And so he told police that he used Judith's car, but he never thought thought to mention she disappeared because he was worried she would report him mm. i know mm. um it's like that uh that tiktok um sound mm. have you heard that one <laughs> yeah. uh are connor and i becoming annoying millennials yep okay so he told uh police that he had been switching between camping near the car in a tent and staying with his friend deirdre okay great um Okay, so all of a sudden you have a tent too? Okay, you give away all your belongings, but you just have a tent in the back of your car. Cool. He admitted to keeping the gun, but he claimed, this is the most infuriating piece of this whole um, story because Connor and I, we both know, like everyone, I mean, everyone listening knows someone who struggles with mental health, right? Yeah. He's like, well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give away the gun because I was thinking about using it on myself. It's like, come on, man. Yeah. Like the jig is up. Yeah. Just stop. Don't, don't insult people that are actually struggling like that. Um, he also said that he shaved because he had a job interview. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't even dignify that. I'm pretty sure. Anything else. Yeah. I, I don't have any comments after that. Um, so Deirdre stayed in contact with him in prison. I'm not sure, uh, why Deirdre, I'm, we're not victim blaming you, but just leave this man in prison, let him rot there. Um, but <laughs> he uh, ended up like she I, actually no, sorry, Deirdre was smart. I, I think I realized what she's doing. So she's asking more, more about the watch and the necklace. I think she's kind of catching on to what's going on. And police uh, eventually were able to interview him because she told them like, hey, I think that these are from Judith. Like, yeah. This doesn't make sense. And he um, was initially like very stubborn about talking to the authorities. And then he confessed like, yep, you're right. They're Judiths. Um, when he was asked to take a polygraph, he uh, said no and threw a tantrum. I mean, he said no. Um, <laughs> and on November 8th, this is horrible. Okay. So she was, she's killed or assuming to be killed, right? In July from what this story is implying. Her body was found on November 8th. It's so sad. And she was so badly decomposed that they could only identify her by her dental records. Okay. Um, her sweater was torn. It was tied in like a loop. So it looked like kind of like a noose. Mm -hmm. And it was consistent with like, the way that 
her body was appeared it, she died of uh asphyxiation so like she uh it was clear she had been choked yeah right? yeah um so a woman named cheryl stadler she walked around in the woods a lot like near the trail um where, where judith's body was found and she swore this is very haunting she swore her stepdaughter heard someone scream in july oh my god i know um so they also they became important witnesses in this story because they um got in their got in the car and like drove around after they heard the um scream and she said she later saw this like tiny brown car with a massachusetts license plate remember mm-hmm. she's in it from amherst um parked alone in the woods and there was just a single guy sitting there um and she hadn't seen him when like she started the walk so she's like well he must have come here recently and Stadler described how the male driver of the car like was staring at her and as this is very creepy and honestly I might have nightmares as she was like walking by him he was like st- like keeping eye Kinda contact like with her oh, no geez. but then like covering his face with a newspaper at the same time that's so creepy and he like wasn't sure if he had a mustache or a beard because she could only see like half his almost, face yeah um but he had facial hair. She could tell. Yeah. That. Okay. So, the in in another piece that's relevant to this story is that if we go back over ten years to December nineteen seventy five, um, this was when Ed's criminal record. He could have done things before then, but this is when his record started. He was convicted for rape in Warwick, Massachusetts, um, and he reports said that he met this. Uh, a victim at a bar, and then he drove Warwick, her... Rhode Island? Um, yes, yeah. Okay, he was in Warwick, Massachusetts. Oh, no, sorry. Warwick, Massachusetts. I think I was thinking uh, Rhode Island because... Okay, so... We're going to get there in a second. Gotcha, we'll get gotcha. there soon. Yeah. Um, all Massachusetts... Or all New England towns have, like, the same name. I know. There's, like, four states with the same names. Um, but... So, reports revealed that, like, this woman, he met her at a bar, um, and then he... And I believe I saw at one source that she was pregnant. I'm not sure if... That if that's, that's this so victim, but that regardless, he, obviously it's yeah, awful, but, but that just adds another layer. Yeah. So he drove her to a remote area. He punched her in the stomach. Oh my God. She's pregnant that, you know, obviously he's trying to hurt both of them and he choked her with her own scarf and then he drove her to a cemetery and assaulted her, sexually assaulted her. Oh my God. Okay. Um, and he implied, he told her at the time, he's like, oh, I have, um, no intention of letting you go because you'll go to the police and i not i'm not sure how she escaped but somehow she's able to distract him for a second and she ran completely naked because he had just assaulted her to uh as fast as she could away from him and knocked on the door of someone that lived close by and they were able to call the police thank god she got away um so that was his first conviction for rape. So he, there was a survivor to his this horrible was in 75? crimes. 75. Okay, so like so 12 Judas, years before Judas. Yeah, 87. So he was released in 1983. Um, I'm sorry, he should never be released. He should have died in prison after that. That's horrific. Um, and in 1983, he met a woman named um, Kathleen Denault in Gardner, Massachusetts. Um, she was later found uh, dead near his place of work that he had just been fired from. Oh, my God. Um, and she had also been strangled to death. So he has a, a motive like or a, a, a method. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he has a method to his 
uh, horrible deeds. So he was questioned and he denied ever knowing her until witnesses told authorities like this guy's uh, full of BS because we saw her him talking to her at the bar and that was the last person we saw her talking to. And so he was um, that it, they weren't able to like press further though because mm-hmm. all they had is people saying like, yeah, I saw them together, yeah. but just put a pin in that for later. So he was charged with possession of a firearm when they found him having Judith with uh, Judith's gun. And if you thought he was the worst person ever, he told the other inmates, he bragged to the other inmates that he had killed two women. Oh my God. And while the inmates were fairly credible, which I don't really know what that means. I'm guessing they don't really have a motive to provide information. Yeah, a lot of the time they don't. Um, because they couldn't like corroborate that it happened with someone that was actually there they, they couldn't go much further but i i can't imagine how frustrating this is for people in that working on this case because it's very clear that he did this but yeah. you can't there's no uh legal like nothing to hold up in court mm-hmm. yet so uh, patricia paquette uh, he met her in Rhode Island. This is where okay. Rhode Island came in. Um, after his release. Um, so is this like 85 or 86? Yeah, this is right before uh, he met. Oh, sorry. No, like uh, this was 1995. Oh, okay. so this is after. Yeah. So wait, has he been convicted of Judith yet? He yeah, has no, a, no, no. He Sorry. He hasn't been he convicted released, of any murders yet. He was released after getting convicted for having a firearm. Okay. Okay, for having her gun. So, but they couldn't prove that he had killed her. Killed her. Gotcha. Um, and so he met Patricia right after he got out in 1995. Uh, scary. It was a couple days before I was born. Um, and her cause of death was uh, asphyxiation as well. She was found dead. Um, her body was dismembered and like put in different garbage bags. Oh my god! What uh, a horrible he's a horrible, horrible man also i've never heard his name before i know we say that every time which makes us sound like we don't know anything we're talking about which most of the time we don't but like <laughs> i've never heard this and this is he's a I serial know. killer yeah um and so anyway the the the, the extra significance i guess of having of her, the way that she was dismembered is like he's now gone from choking people to choking them and dismembering them it's like yeah. showing this increase in violence right yeah um, and it was different from the ways that he uh, allegedly, at this point, disposed of Denal and Judith's bodies. Where he kind Judith of just dumped them or buried or dumped them. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's showing that, like, this guy is not, uh, reha- like, there's no rehabilitation going on. This man is getting uh, more and more violent with his behavior and his criminal acts. So he was arrested for the murder of uh, Patricia later in Connecticut. Um, and he was sentenced to 35 to 60 year in prison. Um, and then if you remember, there's two other cases, right? So there's Denault, Kathleen Denault and, um, Judith Whitney. That are still cold. That are still like cold, but they, and they don't have enough. Um, they have obviously suspected and it's pretty obvious that it was him. Not ice cold, cold. maybe like room temperature. Um, okay. So. He, uh, her case goes cold. And then in 2010, one year after the cold unit started, um, they focused on it. They opened everything back up. They interviewed old witnesses and, um, you know, Ed Mayrand, the, uh, little, uh, little evil human being he is still refused to speak. He was like, I'm not going to interview anyone. I'm not going to talk to them. Time is running out though. Okay. Because Mm -hmm. it's 2010. He's pretty old. 
he's well he's old he also has cancer okay so the cold case unit the incredible work that they did they rushed to get a search warrant for his dna and this was like days before he died they got a sample of his dna so unfortunately the degradation of the dna on the of the hairs that were like ripped off her sweater Mm -hmm. um judah's sweater excuse me and like the draw the drawstring that was used to choke her as well had been exposed to the elements and everything so it wasn't suitable to use as dna evidence so that was obviously a sad piece of this but there was dna found in september 2014 on kathleen denault's ligature and her underwear and if you remember he had said i don't know her at all like mm-hmm. I've I've never saw or yeah. I know her, but I don't I never left the bar with her, so it's inconsistent with that because yeah. why would his DNA be on her right. clothes? So because of the similarities in the crimes and the fact that he had lied multiple times, like we talked about a couple yeah. episodes ago, and he had super close proximity to Judith. Exactly, they were able to close Judith Whitney's case and say in 2014 because of all the similarities between Kathleen Denault's and the numerous times that he lied so the case was closed and he was um rule or he was considered to be her murderer he yeah, was it's pretty definitive ruled excuse me to be her murderer so unfortunately um it would be it would be i think better justice if he could be prosecuted in the court of law mm-hmm. but um he died before they were able to officially close it but it is it is i think probably a little bit like you know, there's some justice in the fact that it was be able to be closed, and yeah. you're able to definitively yeah. say like he's accused, and he'll and never hurt anyone convicted again. Or not, yeah, exactly. He'll never hurt anyone again. He's rotting in hell. Um, that was pretty aggressive of me to say, but I don't take it back. No, he is. Um, and he's probably yeah, he gross 100%. human being. Very surprised that I never heard of this before, because uh, he's a New Hampshire serial killer. Um, but yeah, he, you know, if it's any, I don't know. Just like if you're if I don't know how he thought all of his lies, his horrible behavior, the way he treats people wouldn't eventually catch up to him. But it did. So we will be back next week with a new case. Maybe we'll leave the state. Maybe we won't. But hearing these cold cases and the the victims of them get justice is kind of it's awesome. inspiring. Yeah. It's, it's sad, obviously, what happened to them with the fact that they're getting there are cases that are getting solved and people are getting justice. It makes us hopeful, especially related to our new series coming up. So with, with that, um, we'll see you next week. And remember, check out the episode notes because we have some uh, cool things for, for you guys to check out next time. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.